Okay, today is 14 May, 14 May 2023. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is a CG Prophecy Report. Million Dollar Baby. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, uh, we got some visitors that came. We got some that came from Venice today, their first time visiting the church. It's Jerry and Karen. And then we have Tom and Nancy. I've never met Nancy, but I've met Tom. He's been up here, and uh, they attend from online in Ohio. And uh, so uh, it's wonderful to have you here. They'll be here for about a week, and they're down in Minnesota just enjoying themselves on the beach. And uh, real pleasure having both of you here. And then just minutes before we opened, Chuck and Karen, who I've known for years, I went up and uh, the last day day of vacation that I took was in September of 2020, and it was with them. They uh, asked me to come on up and spend some time with them, and uh, I went up, and they took me and uh, another friend with them. They both live in, outside of Columbus, and uh, so Bill and his wife, Sess, and uh, Karen and Chuck, they all uh, took me to first the Creation Museum, and then to the Ark, and then we also went to the Air Force Museum, because I'm ex-Air Force, and we did all kinds of other stuff, but in three days, I think, was all I was there. We packed in a lot. Uh, do not ever try to do the Creation Museum and the Ark Museum in a single day, unless you just want to be punished. Uh, we did it, and but your, your brain is literally overloaded, and there's so much to see, and everything that Ken Ham did is quality. I was thinking it's going to be touristy, and you know, it's nothing like that. I'm telling you, you will be impressed with what that man has put together. I so much appreciate that. That was the last day I took off. I worked seven days a week. I worked from 3.30 a.m., until usually five or six in the afternoon. And uh, I'm in a happy rut. I enjoy that. Uh, I don't like taking days off, but I really enjoyed that. Here they show up today and they'll be here for a week as well. And they're staying out on the key, out on the beach, probably gonna have some fun there too. So welcome to all of you. Thank you for making the effort. Um, let's see here, we got some news from Israel. And before I read you the first article, I'd like to read you something. On May 14th, 1948, David Ben-Gurion, the first Prime Minister of Israel, declared the establishment of a Jewish state to be called Israel at the Tel Aviv Museum. The British mandate over Palestine was officially terminated on this day in accordance with UN Resolution 181, which called for the division of the land into a Jewish state and an Arab state. There's no record of who attended the meeting, but 350 invitations were sent out instructing the recipients to keep the information secret. The British Army withdrew with the end of the mandate, and on the heels of Ben-Gurion's announcement, the armies of Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, and Iraq invaded. The declaration of the new state was delivered during a simple and solemn ceremony at 4 p.m., and new life was instilled into his people. And we're celebrating that today. Now some news from Israel, from the Jerusalem Post. Israeli experts create AI to translate ancient cuneiform text. 
This is really an important thing because they've got thousands and thousands of these cuneiforms. And it's a laborious thing, and only a few people are specialized enough to do it. Experts in Assyriology who specialize in the archaeological, historical, cultural, and linguistic study of Assyria. And the rest of ancient Mesopotamia, meaning Iraq, spend many years painstakingly trying to understand Akkadian texts written in cuneiform, one of the oldest forms of writing known. Cuneiform is translated as wedge-shaped because in ancient times, people wrote it using a reed stylus cut to make a wedge-shaped mark on a clay tablet. But now, researchers at Tel Aviv University and Ariel University have developed an AI model that will save all this effort. The AI model can automatically translate Akkadian text written in cuneiform into English. Hundreds of thousands of clay tablets from ancient Mesopotamia, written in cuneiform and dating back as far as 3400 BC, have been found by archaeologists. Far more than could easily be translated by the limited number of experts who can read them. When they developed the new machine learning model, they trained two versions, one that translates the Akkadian from representations of the cuneiform signs in Latin script, and another that translates from Unicode representations of the cuneiform signs. The first version, using Latin transliteration, gave more satisfactory results in this study. It can be a complex process since it commonly requires not only expert knowledge of two different languages, but also different cultural milieus as well. Digital tools that can assist with translation are becoming more ubiquitous every year, tied to advances in fields like OCR, which is optical character reader, and machine translation. Ancient languages, however, still pose a towering problem in this regard. Their reading and comprehension require knowledge of long-dead linguistic community, and moreover, the texts themselves can also be very fragmentary. And so they're working this out, and they're having success with it, and pretty soon they'll be able to just scan all of them, and they'll have it done in about eight minutes. But um, I'm not going to talk a lot about the war in Israel. If you follow that, then you've been paying attention all week long. I was having lunch with my mother on Thursday, and she kept saying, another rocket, another rocket, because she had this thing in her ear that was telling her every time a rocket came in. And she was letting all the people in the uh, the uh, Thai restaurant know this. So. Uh, from Archiva. For the second time, Smotrich seizes funds from the Palestinian Authority, transfers them to victims of terrorism. Finance Minister Smotrich ordered the director of the Israel Tax Authority to transfer an amount of 3.2 million shekels from the PA's funds to victims of terrorism. This follows the 138.8 million shekels that were transferred in January to the Victims of Terrorist Acts in order to fulfill a court ruling from the past. Smotrick said the State of Israel stops the financing of terrorism by the PA. We will not allow this absurd situation to happen. Good move. From Arat Shiva, Netanyahu, opposition only says no, no, no in judicial reform talks. It sounds just like the left in this nation, and therefore he had to just do it, not even include them. But Prime Minister Netanyahu accused the opposition of only using the negotiations for a compromise on the judicial reform issue at the president's residence to oppose anything the coalition proposes rather than to demonstrate what reforms they would be in favor of, just like we see up in Washington with the left all the time. You only talk about dialogue, but in talks, say, no, 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 no. 
I would be happy to hear what you do agree to. Netanyahu told the representatives of the Yesh Atid and National Unity parties during a 40 signatures debate in the Knesset. I call on you to listen, come to your senses, chart a new course, and enter into real talks with us to try to reach agreements. Obviously, despite being prime minister for like a billion years, he has not figured out the mentality of the left. They're just not going to reason with him. We saw the support during the massive demonstration as well as the demonstrations on the other side. This is evidence of our vibrant democracy. We are determined to reach as broad an agreement as possible on the judicial reform that is at the heart of the public dispute in Israel. The majority of Israeli citizens understand that changes are required in the judicial system. That was also supported by the vote of a 64-seat majority government led by me. As I said, he had to just go in and do it. I believe that with the good will and genuine willingness of both parties, it is possible to reach these agreements. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity. Before I give you our first article, I'd like to tell you about something that uh, my friend developed this past week. Um, I've been reading to you uh, people that have been doing the Bible Typer app for a couple years now. They type the entire Bible. It improves their typing skills, and it also um, gets them to understand the Bible in a different way because when you type, you process your mind differently. Um, we went there, Sergio and I, who developed this app, we're going to start on the Bible Typer this Tuesday. Monday, I'm sermon typing. I don't have time for anything except that. But on Tuesday, we were going to do that, and we both found it to be very clunky. If you go in there and you're typing, it, it's not as fast as you when you type, and so it never keeps up, and it's kind of hard to uh, deal with. He said, I can do better than this. And so in a single day, he wrote a website, an entire website of a Bible app. It's very quick. It's effective. There may be bugs in it. So if you decide you want to do this, um, you just report them to him and uh, he will get those corrected because the first day I found a couple things in there. But this is the website that you can go to, Bible Scribe, and the scribe is spelled S-C-R-Y-B-E, BibleScribe.com. The reason why I went with Bible Scribe with a Y is because BibleScribe.com, which is for sale, was for $6,000, whereas Bible Scribe cost him about $10, and so he chose the lesser one. Um, but that's okay. It looks like Wycliffe, you know, the uh, morning star of the Reformation, he would have written it Scribe anyway with a Y. So BibleScribe with a Y.com, and you can learn to type the Bible very quickly and improve your typing skills. So give that a shot. I hope you'll enjoy it. And uh, when you're done with the Bible, please let me know and I'll highlight you on the uh, CG report. From the Times of Israel, Yuval Noah Hariri warns AI can create religious texts may inspire new cults. Now, this is a guy that sold out to the WF, etc., but at least he understands that this could be used in a bad way, and he's warning against it. Harari told the AI Frontiers Forum event in Switzerland that adherents could potentially at one point be instructed by computers to kill other people. In the future, we might see the first cults and religions in history whose revered texts were written by a non-human intelligence. Of course, religions throughout history claimed that their holy books were written by unknown human intelligence. This was never true before, which he does not understand that there is a God and that God can communicate himself to his people, which he has done 
in the Holy Bible. But this could become true very, very quickly with far-reaching consequences. Hariri said that software such as ChatGPT has mastered the human language and can use that skill to mold culture. For thousands of years, prophets and poets and politicians have used language and storytelling in order to manipulate and to control people and to reshape society. Now, AI is likely to be able to do it. And once it can, it doesn't need to send killer robots to shoot us. It can get humans to pull the trigger. Contrary to what some conspiracy theories assume, you don't really need to implant chips in people's brains in order to control them or to manipulate them. We need to act quickly before AI gets out of our control. Drug companies cannot sell people new medicines without first subjecting these products to rigorous safety checks. Similarly, governments must immediately ban the release into the public domain of any more revolutionary AI tools before they are made safe. Recently, an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic sect banned the use of AI. The New York sect warned adherents that AI is open to all abominations, heresy, and infidelity without limits. Okay, now you may say that's years off and that's crazy and people would never write a religious text that people would buy, okay, if it's written by AI knowingly. Next article, Fox, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, they're a bunch of loony lefties. PETA rewrites the Bible with the help of ChatGPT a week after this guy came out with this article to make the book of Genesis vegan-friendly. PETA has given the Bible's book of Genesis a vegan makeover using ChatGPT to recreate the story and send a can't-be-missed animal rights message filled with vegan teachings. In PETA's vegan version of the Bible, animals are referred to as beings rather than beasts or creatures, and plants like hemp and bamboo are used for clothing instead of animal skins because no one with any fashion or moral sense would wear animal skins in the 21st century, except Charlie Garrett with his watch band right here. The Bible has long been used to justify all forms of oppression, so we've used ChatGPT to make it clear that a loving God would never endorse exploitation or cruelty to animals. It took God only six days to create the entire world, but we realized it would take us years to rewrite the whole Bible, which is why we started with just the first book. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham travels to the land of Moriah, where instead of slaughtering a ram to demonstrate his faith, he befriends a gentle lamb to show his reverence and respect for God's creation. Peter said it hopes its cruelty-free version of the Bible will appeal to the 73% of Gen Z that reportedly identifies as animal rights activists. In PETA's version of chapter 21 of the creation story, Abraham and Sarah, who were 190 years old respectively when they conceived their child Isaac, also adopted a dog named Herbie. As they walked with Herbie, Sarah and Abraham thought of the importance of adopting dogs from shelters and rescue organizations rather than purchasing them from breeders. They spoke of how buying a dog or a cat from a breeder or a pet shop contributes to the companion animal overpopulation crisis, as countless dogs and cats in shelters await loving homes while breeders continue to produce more puppies and kittens for profit. This is their idea of what is cool in the world a today. Or a, a what? Yeah, it's a jot and a tittle there, I'll tell you that. 
Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today from the Times of Israel. Revolutionary Guard has taken over Iran's economy, secret files said to show. Iran's powerful Islamic IRGC has a firm grip on the country's economy through its companies that it operates, making the powerful military outfit a key decision maker on foreign policy. The confidential documents dealt with the activities of the Resistance Economy Headquarters, an organization that was set up after the U.S. killed senior IRGC Commander General Soleimani in a missile strike in 2020. The aim of the Resistance Economy Headquarters was to give the military greater control over economic matters. This means that trade with Iran is funding the IRGC and its military operations. All business with the mullahs feeds the IRGC internal repression and terror, regional warfare, and the program to acquire nuclear weapons and ballistic missiles. Experts agreed that the IRGC sponsors terror globally, murdering and kidnapping dissidents in Europe and intervening in civil wars in Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. The IRGC also has elaborate plans to target global Jewry as part of its strategy against Israel. We reported on that a month ago. Mohammed Bagheri, an IRGC commander under sanctions from the UK for providing Russia with military drones, is head of the resistance economy headquarters. The documents were made up of memos from Bagheri to other IRGC and military commanders concerning oil production and ties with countries friendly to Iran. One contained instructions for military chiefs to put forward economic cooperation projects with China for Iran's President Raisi to propose when he visited that country earlier this year. Okay, they are a terrorist organization, and if they are running the country, and that can be validated, the U.S. cannot go back to the JCPOA. It will be against the law. So we will hope that somebody will point this out to the people in Congress so that they ensure that Biden doesn't sell our nation any further down the road with this. From Arachiva, Belgium will be the first Muslim state in Europe. The investigation of the monthly causier signed by the courageous Selena Pina makes you jump a shiver in the back. The migration agreement signed with Morocco and Turkey and the extreme benevolence towards the most radical Muslim populations fuel the political clientelism of the left in Belgium, says Causeur. This opens up a demographic bomb that could make Belgium the first Muslim state in Europe. In Belgium, the Islamists have important relays in the local political class, but also within the Commission and the European Parliament. In May 2021, Sarah Schlitz, Belgian State Secretary for Gender Equality and member of the Greens, appointed a veiled woman commissioner for gender equality. Perhaps intoxicated by her success, new commissioner Isan Haouk reveals her game a bit quickly. In an interview with Les Sourds, she declares that the conception of secularism depends on demographics. In Islamic parlance, the Muslim Brotherhood channel, this means that when Muslims are in the majority, they will be the arbiters of secularism. Their latest venture in this area was to give the city of Brussels the face of a veiled woman close to the circles of the Brotherhood. Fatima Zibou was in fact chosen to support Brussels' candidacy for the title of European Capital of Culture. 
However, this woman, an activist of the Greens and strongly supported by this party, founded the association empowering Belgian Muslims. It's simple. Democracy is demography. The population of Arab Muslim origin is very numerous in Belgium, especially in the Brussels region. All the more difficult, as this population is surprisingly homogenous in terms of origin. The vast majority of Belgium's Muslim population, 80 to 90 percent of them, comes from bilateral agreements signed in 1964 with Morocco and Turkey. Moroccans are today the largest ethno-cultural minority in the country. This Moroccan immigration, coming essentially from the RIF, is strongly under Islamist influence. However, since Belgium has adopted an integration policy, which is greatly facilitating and obtaining nationality, this population is an electoral issue. Islamists play political cronyism cleverly. They capitalize on their entry into Belgian parties and institutions through their strategy of influence with the European Union. And again, in 2020, according to StatBel, the Belgian statistical office, 67.7% of the Belgian population was made up of Belgians of Belgian origin. Ten years ago, the share of the population of Belgian origin was 74.3%. It's down a lot in 10 years. The decline is therefore considerable in a few years and should accelerate. As for the share of Muslims in the population, it is expected to increase sharply. According to the Pew Forum of Religion and Public Life, Belgium will thus have 1.149 million Muslims in 2030, an increase of 80.96% compared to 2010. Population estimates at 638,000 back then. Demographic dynamics work in favor of this population. Now, when you read Daniel and it says that they will be a mixture of people in this end times antichrist thing that is coming, that is what it's talking about. Islam is growing and growing and growing in Europe. And as we get closer to the end times and as the antichrist starts to solidify his power in this organization of countries, that is the mixture of people that will be like iron and clay. It does not mix. That's what that's talking about. Breitbart, four Iraqi migrants apprehended in Florida, maritime smuggling incident. Iraqi migrants coming into Florida. Miami sector border patrol officials report the apprehension of four Iraqi nationals, and I'm sure they're just here to go on holiday during a suspected maritime smuggling event. You know, over the southern border right now, we have got every communist, every terrorist that can possibly line up coming over that border and nothing will be done about it. During the processing of the migrants, the agents identified four as citizens of Iraq. Federal law enforcement authorities took custody of the four Iraqi nationals and will conduct an investigation into the human smuggling incident. Joe Biden plans to put them into his administration. Okay, the last sentence wasn't in there. Times of Israel, Arab League readmits Syria 12 years after its suspension over civil war. Now something interesting from Mongolia, from Aki Press. Sheep pox. Yeah. Reported in Eastern Mongolia, 
An outbreak of highly contagious sheep disease caused by smallpox virus has been registered in four admine units of Dash Babar Bulgan San Gaan Ovu and Chulun Uut Hurut. The department urged local herders to be vigilant, monitor their flocks, and report any suspected cases to the appropriate authorities as soon as possible due to the rapid spread of the disease and high mortality. Mongolia had 71.1 million head of livestock at the end of 2022 and remains one of the last nomadic countries in the world. Sheep make up 46% of the country's total livestock. That could be devastating. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Interesting Engineering says, two massive gravity batteries are nearing completion in the U.S. and China. Less than six months ago, I read about this technology to you, and I had no idea that they were already starting to build this. There's one in China, there's one in Texas. The basic idea behind a gravity battery system is to lift a heavy object, such as a large mass of concrete or a weight on a pulley, using energy from a power source. When energy is needed, the thing can fall, and the potential energy is converted back into electricity. The firm's only gravity-based storage system does not rely on land, topography, or geology, and thus can be built almost anywhere, either co-located with solar or wind plants, or simply connected to the grid to support dispatchability and grid stability. To use potential energy for energy generation, Energy Vault has replaced water in a conventional hydropower unit with proprietary cement polymer based composite bricks that can be made of ultra low cost materials, meaning soil, mine tailings, coal ash, incinerated city waste, and other remediation materials. Each brick is designed to weigh 35 metric tons and is engineered to have a specific gravity at least twice that of water and enough compressive agility. Does anybody know what water weighs? Just plain water. 8.34 pounds per gallon. So you're very close. According to the firm, its approach stocks a renewable energy and utilizes material that would otherwise be destined for landfills at a very high financial and environmental cost. Their original system consisted of a combination, such blocks, and a tall tower. A surplus of power owing to sunlight or wind is utilized to power a mechanical crane to lift the blocks 35 stories into the air. These blocks then stay suspended until power is needed again. In times of need, these blocks are lowered, pulling on cables that spin turbines, thus producing electricity. According to Energy Vault, the blocks will have a storage capacity of up to 80 megawatt hours and be able to continuously discharge 4 to 8 megawatt for 8 to 16 hours. The firm claims its conventional hoist machinery is more efficient than a hydro plant and this results in a round-trip efficiency of more than 80% with minimal auxiliary consumption compared to chemical batteries, which require significant thermal management to extend their otherwise short cycle of life. Energy savings to the tune of 70% when compared to current competing technologies are being claimed on the back of the system's combined efficiency with the lack of degradation and storage capacity over time. Very interesting. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From Zero Hedge, new COVID vaccinations, boosters, 
slow to a trickle. While the company exceeded expectations, there's nevertheless a big chunk of revenue missing in this quarter's report compared to the same time last year. Total revenue was down 29% since quarter one of 2022. This change is closely related to the number of COVID-19 vaccines given out globally. Numbers from our world in data show that new vaccinations around the world have slowed to a trickle, while in mid-2021, an average of as many as 38 million doses were given out each day. This had decreased to between 500,000 to 1 million daily doses most recently. Interestingly, booster shots have generally not overtaken initial protocol immunizations, instead staying far behind them in 2023 after having been the most common type of COVID-19 vaccination for a short while in mid-2022. Booster doses of COVID-19 vaccines have been available in many developed countries, which is where most coronavirus vaccines were given out in general and have continued to be recommended at least for older people. However, uptake has been far from universal. For example, while close to 70% of the U.S. population had received a full initial immunization against COVID-19 most recently, only around 17% had received a booster. The number of COVID-19 booster shots might increase once more if an annual vaccination against the disease would be recommended. In the U.S., the FDA voted in favor of such a regimen that would work similar to the annual flu shot and could potentially start to be given out this fall. Why has it gone down so much? Next article, JTN. CDC investigates after dozens test positive for COVID following CDC conference. The CDC had an outbreak of COVID. About 35 people have so far tested positive. After the conference in Atlanta last week, which was the first in-person epidemic intelligence service meeting in four years. That's why people aren't getting the boosters. Morality is declining. From the post-millennial, trans kids prescribe more antipsychotic meds after beginning gender transition than before. A 2021 study of military youth has revealed that not only were minors with severe mental illness allowed to embark upon experimental medical sex changes, but also that prescriptions for antipsychotic drugs actually increased after hormonal interventions were initiated, reports Fox News. The study, published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, examined the DOD medical records of 3,754 trans-identified adolescents and 6,603 siblings who did not identify as transgender. The findings reveal no improvement in mental health after commencing hormone interventions and an increase in prescriptions for psychotropic medication. That's the DOD. 3,754 kids were tranced by the DOD. Don't give them a gun. Boy, you're not kidding. Becker News, Florida passes bill making it a felony for doctors to perform gender transition surgery on minors. Good. Georgia Star News, Maryland Democrat governor signs bills enshrining abortion and protecting transgender drug and surgical treatments for minors. So Florida says you can't do this. Maryland says you have full rights to do it. I wonder where people ought to be living in this world. 
Thank goodness we live under our governor. I tell you what, I'm so glad for that guy. I know it'll change in four years. Somebody else will get... The way that we think in this world, we'll say, he did such a good job, we shouldn't elect him again, and they'll put in a Democrat. Watch that happen. I just, you know, people don't think things through. Yeah, from the post-millennial. 50 male hysterectomies. Oregon alters health records to reflect gender identity, not biological sex. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. Before I give you our first article, last week I said Utah's where all the uh, munitions were stored. And I wanted to put a photo of that on the CG report when I put it online. It's not Utah, it's Nevada. And I've got the photos of it and they go on for miles and miles and miles and miles. And that is what Biden has been squandering away, sending it to other nations without replenishing it here and in Israel. Okay, from Yahoo. IBM to pause hiring for jobs that AI could do. IBM CEO Arvind Krishna said the company expects to pause hiring for roles it thinks could be replaced with AI in the coming years. We got some folks here from Columbus, Ohio today or right in the outskirts of it. And I saw an article yesterday that Columbus, Ohio is the test case for Wendy's. Do you know what they're doing there? Wendy's will no longer have anybody when you pull up to the drive-thru, nobody will be speaking to you. A computer will be speaking to you. And they're hoping very soon to have the people inside replaced with robots as well. So when you pull up, you'll never deal with a human again. You just go up to Wendy's and you talk to a computer, pay your money, pick up your food, and go. Anyway, I was going to save that for next week, but I don't have to now because they're here. What's that? What could go wrong wrong there? Yeah. Okay, from the Wall Street Journal. Eighth graders history, civics test scores hit record, oh, low. In the first release of U.S. history and civics scores since the start of the pandemic, the NAEP, known as the nation's report card, showed a decline in students' knowledge that reversed gains made since the 1990s. 13% of 8th graders met proficiency standards for U.S. history, 13%, meaning they could explain major themes, periods, events, people, ideas, and turning points in the country's history, 13%. About one-fifth of students scored at or above the proficient level in civics. Declines in students' understanding of U.S. history that occurred before the pandemic continued. While long-standing gaps in student achievement across specific groups persisted, data show. Low-performing 8th grade students had significant drops in civics and U.S. history scores, while high-performing students mainly held steady. The falling federal test scores in U.S. history and civics coincide with the downward spiral seen in other subjects tested since the pandemic. Federal test results released in October revealed the largest drop in mass scores ever and a nationwide drop in reading that wiped out three decades of gains. U.S. history scores showed the lowest proportion of eighth grade students reaching proficiency levels out of any subject assessed by the program, with civics being the second lowest. We are raising a generation of dolts. If you have children and you love them, I would suggest that you homeschool them at this point. Or if you can find a decent uh, private school, uh, make sure it's a Christian one, and even then, check out their doctrine. But I'm telling you, your children will not be properly educated in schools at all. From the Gateway Pundit, O'Keefe, 
DOJ prison official says Merrick Garland rolling over. Now listen to this. This is your tax dollars on trans men impregnating women in prison and paying transgender rapists millions. The DOJ official, Linda Noel, said Merrick Garland is rolling over on trans men impregnating women in prison. We all have been talking about that. They're putting men into women's prisons. Why are they doing this? If they want to have all the transitional surgeries, they go through the ACLU. The trans men then play victim and sue the U.S. government for a million dollars. People inside the prison are calling this the million dollar baby. The DOJ is just settling without the courts involved and paying out huge sums of money. And the DOJ, unfortunately, under Merrick Garland, it just rolls over. It doesn't want to go through the courts, so they just pay people off. O'Keefe spoke with a prison source who had told him about a convicted pedophile and sex offender who was sexually assaulting women in the Washington women's prison after being transferred from a men's prison in New Hampshire. He is actively trying to make one of these million-dollar babies. The trans men who rape female inmates and impregnate them then play the victim and sue for millions. This is your tax dollars, and this is what Biden enjoys doing to this nation. He enjoys this type of perversion. He went out there. I don't know if you saw the headlines this morning, but he went out there to a black university, their graduation, and he said to the university during their speech, his speech to them, white supremacy is the greatest threat to national security that we have today. This is the man that is in the White House right now. He's the greatest threat. You're not kidding there. Mail online, trans pedophile who sexually abused her own daughter, his own daughter, I'll call him a he because he is seven, seven years old, for warped porn videos is inmate of New Jersey women's prison despite still having his mail and wants to marry trans accomplice so they can share a cell. Why is he doing that? So he can get a million dollars from Merrick Garland. Mail online, Ron DeSantis can now fly more migrants to Democrat-run cities. Florida Republicans passed law giving him $12 million for a project that shipped border crossers to Martha's Vineyard. Zero Hedge, IRS has spent $10 million on weapons, ammo, and combat gear since 2020. Back in 2020 or 2021, I read you about what they had already spent. They've spent a lot more since then. The IRS spent $5 million in 2021 alone as the agency ramped up the militarization of its agents. Now, remember, the reason why all of these government agencies are doing this is not because they need to enforce the law. The reason why is because the U.S. military is not authorized to engage against U.S. citizens on U.S. soil. So they are making their own army in the U.S. government that can. They're more, we saw this two years ago, they're more armed than the Marines. And this is continuing on. That's right. It started with Obama. That's exactly right. Okay, in the last three years, the IRS has spent a total of $2.3 million on ammunition, $1.2 million on ballistic shields, $474,000 on Smith & Wesson rifles, $463,000 on Beretta tactical shotguns, and $243,000 on body armor. In addition, the expenditures include an additional $1.3 million that was spent on various other gear for criminal investigation agents. The slew of purchases build off of an 
arsenal that was already well stocked prior to 2020, which I reported you on, with the IRS already having in its possession roughly 5 million rounds of ammo designated for its 2,159 special agents. That's a lot of bullets for a few number of people. Before 2020, the IRS owned 4,500 firearms, which included 621 shotguns, 539 semi-automatic rifles, and 15 submachine guns. In conjunction with the spike in weapons purchases, the IRS has been hiring significantly more agents in all 50 states. In the job listing for new applicants, the agency notes that any potential applicants must be willing to carry a firearm, must be prepared to protect himself or herself or others from physical attacks at any time and without warning and use firearms in life-threatening situations, must be willing to use force up to and including the use of deadly force. And we, that's what I was just going to say. This is why we have a Second Amendment in the United States of America. This is why we have that is because the government has become the enemy of the people of the United States, spearheaded by the left. Yes. Mail online. Ron DeSantis war on China's influence in Florida. Signs bills restricting Beijing linked groups buying land and blocking access to TikTok on state devices. Laws may forbid Chinese ownership of land, bans TikTok, and prohibits universities, important point, from accepting money from China. Mail online. Woman, I reported on her a year or so ago, and here she is in the news again, chewing her shoes. Woman suing Subway over claim its tuna products don't contain the fish asked judge to dismiss case because she is pregnant. Sandwich giant demands her lawyers be sanctioned and pay $610,000 for bringing a frivolous case. Plaintiff Nalima Amin asked that her lawsuit against Subway be retracted. Amin sued Subway in 2021, claiming she had tested the franchise's tuna salad and found it was made from anything but tuna, which Subway sharply denied because it was untrue. She later dialed her claims back, saying her tests simply couldn't determine exactly which species of tuna was in the ingredients. Does it matter if it's tuna? It's tuna. Okay. Yeah, trans tuna. Who said it? This goes right in line with an article I just read you. Who said it? You're not going to get it, but it's a very good quote, so I threw it in here anyway. Civil wars happen when the victimized are armed. Genocide happens when they are not. Who said it? A.E. Saman, same guy I brought up a couple weeks ago. Okay, civil wars happen when the victimized are armed. Genocide happens when they are not. Okay, got a lesser cure for you. Is the killing of Christians the goal that assigns AI will control? Will it be a great thrill for adherents to kill? Because they've lost a big part of their soul. Okay, Les, uh, Jim noted this, and he did a more detailed explanation than I will, but Les has a new book out, which I mentioned last week. And he says, anyone who purchases a book can email him and send him a request for a personalized Lesrick. And his email that you can go to is servantsheart007 at gmail.com. So there you go. Uh, hats off to Les for his Lesricks for the past few years. And before we have our irony of the week, which won't be an irony at all, 
I'd like to uh, encourage you that despite all of the bad news, and you know what, I get up in the morning at 3.30, I do all of my daily commentaries and stuff, and by about uh, 4.30 or 5, I'm into researching news for the CG report every day, and I uh, get depressed. I get really depressed, especially with the news in the past couple days of what's happening over the southern border, and the, the arrogance of Mayorkas yes. and a couple of these other people up yes. there. The arrogance of these people. They are actively defying subpoenas from the U.S. Congress. Okay? These people are bad people. Amen. And they're running this nation. Yes. Okay? And it's depressing. And so I would like to remind you that despite all of this depressing stuff, we have a better hope than they do. Amen. Okay? I would hope that they would come to Jesus. I doubt if they will. They're so filled with Satan that I doubt it will ever happen. But we have a better hope than this. Jesus Christ has promised everybody that believes the gospel, the simple gospel, that you will be saved and you will be granted eternity in his presence. Okay? That is a great hope when we're facing all of this nonsense that's going on here. And we've got to live through it. And there is no guarantee, despite what people claim on videos every day on YouTube, there is no guarantee that the U.S. is not going to turn into the Soviet Union before the rapture. Okay? And we may be faced with having a gun by an IRS agent pointed at the back of our head and asking us to deny Jesus. I would ask you to not do that because all they're going to do is send you off to see Jesus sooner. Okay? So be content that Jesus loves you, that he will carry you through. His promises will never fail. Okay? And his promises do not include joy and happiness in this world. Okay? Just ask the martyrs over the past 2,000 years. Okay? But they have been faithful to their Lord, and he will be faithful to them. So have some, you know, encouragement in thinking about the goodness of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Okay, our irony for the week is not irony. Instead, I have a lesser cure for you, not the same one that Jim uh, read. Tis the day when we honor the mom. We could order the, from this or that com. Let's instead offer love of the Father above and praise her like words of a psalm. Happy Mother's Day to you, Susan Garrett, and all the mothers out there. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG report for the week.